This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 130, Sell Yourself. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Ms. Unstoppable Woman. Always so grateful to have you listening to me on hopefully a very beautiful day for you. Today, we're going to be talking about how to sell yourself. So regardless of if you're in a selling role or not, you're constantly selling ourselves to the world. You know, if you work, for example, Typically, at least every year, you are selling to your employer that you deserve a raise. And if you aren't, you should be. (laughs) You're also selling yourself if you're in any kind of relationship, especially if you're a parent, you're selling your kids on doing what you want them to do, or you know, a partner doing what you want them to do, and so many different ways. We're constantly selling if you really think about it and look at it. And once you know how to sell, especially sell yourself, whoo, so many doors open for you. In essence, Having my clients learn how to sell themselves is something I am unintentionally most times doing. So I'm working with them behind the scenes to get them to a place so that they have the confidence and they feel like they have the skills to go out and sell, you know, a raise or to clients or to, you know, their partner to do something or or even I'm selling them all the time on showing up for themselves and going after what they say it is that they wanted. So I've had a lot of practice with selling to other people, especially this past year. This past year in my business, I've shifted a lot to doing pretty much one-on-one coaching. I have a group program for my established clients called Living the Dream I mentioned often. And so I sell that once a year, but I'm constantly selling to people who want to work with me. This one-on-one package that I call the nine-month simple success system. Not package is not something that most people would consider low in cost. It is an investment. And that has been a big shift for me because in the past it was lower cost. It was maybe a few thousand, if that, to work with me. And so I've really had to up my selling game this past year. And somebody who's helped me do that a lot is someone I mentioned often on the show, Stacey Bayman. She is a business coach for life coaches, and she teaches, in essence, coaches how to sell. And it's been such an amazing skill for me to learn this past year and a half or so as I have worked with her and her 2K for 2K program. And eventually I'll be working with her and her masterminds. So again, I've become very skilled at selling yourself. 
or myself or however you want to word it. And today I want to teach you how to do the same. I want you to walk away from this episode today, having some really clear, tangible ways for you to start to, in essence, open those doors and allow you to get what it is that you want even more in your life, right? You ready for this? It's going to hopefully blow your mind a bit. All right. So selling yourself, something I want to start with here is something that Stacy says often and selling is coaching and coaching is selling. And I love that quote, obviously because of a coach, but also because a lot of times we view selling as slimy and gross and we're convincing people to do things that they don't want to do. And that's just not true. Granted, there are salespeople out there that are like that. We've all been to a car dealership, right? We've all had very gross selling experiences where you just feel like you want to take a bath after you've been around somebody like that, but you don't have to be that way. Okay, you can sell from a very, very authentic place for you and for the person you are, in essence, selling to. Okay, so that's why, again, I like to look at selling as coaching. All I'm doing is I am coaching, in essence, the person that is in front of me on, in essence, bridging this gap of where they're at and the value that I can give them by selling them something. Okay, so I'm going to give many examples of what this looks like as I walk through all the steps. Okay, but just remember selling is coaching, coaching is selling. That's it. It does not have to be the slimy thing. And if you still feel really icky about selling, I encourage you to just write selling at the top of a piece of paper and write all the negative thoughts you have about it. Like it's slimy, it's gross, it's convincing people to do things they don't want to do. It makes me very uncomfortable. Again, get very clear on all the things you're telling yourself about selling, just so A, you can bring it into the conscious minds, and then B, start to say, okay, what can I shift to? Like, in essence, what thoughts can I shift to so that I start to at least view selling as something neutral? And then once you get your brain on board to viewing selling as neutral, then what can I do to really start to fall in love with selling? So again, for me, the thought that I have primarily is coaching is selling, selling is coaching. And to me, coaching is such an authentic, beautiful dance in essence I do with somebody. And so, um, yeah, anytime I'm selling, I'm like, oh, I'm just coaching them. It's no big deal. Right. Okay. So Hopefully you're still on board of, yes, I will sell Lindsay because the more we can get people, especially women and especially women of color to sell, the more we're going to have financial power and financial freedom. And the two more, we're going to feel empowered as individuals and really feel like we're owning our voice, speaking our truth, stepping into you know, the best versions of us, you know, it's not fun to know when, you know, somebody really needs something or, you know, that you really deserve something and then not to speak it. And the more that we can go out there and sell because men tend to do this very well. And that's what tends to get them more financial rewards and just other things that they get in life, you know, of opening doors for them as little as, you know, getting a table at a restaurant that they want 
or, you know, getting the service that they want at a certain place, or even having the relationships they want to have, you know, men tend to be more direct. They tend to not hold back when they're speaking their truth. And we as women need to do the same. Now I'm very well aware that there can be a stigma with women speaking their truth, especially women of color. They're a bitch. They're asking for too much. Who do they think they are? A lot of times too, we may be the only woman in the room or woman of color in the room. And you're like, wow, I just actually made it into this room. And I've just got to keep this position of where I'm at, either personally or professionally. And I don't want to rock the boat too much. So I need to be quiet and I need to, in essence, play it safe so that, you know, I don't stir any feathers because it's just such a big boundary shift of me even being in this room and where it might be, I encourage you to still push that boundary, still put yourself out there and sell yourself or whatever it is that you're wanting to sell. Because again, remember selling is coaching, coaching is selling. Many times we're just holding ourselves back from being the fullest expression of who we want to be because we're in fear of what other people are going to think about us. But I'm here to tell you that regardless if you sell yourself or not, people are going to have thoughts about you. So why not let them have thoughts about the authentic version of you versus this watered down, quiet version of yourself, right? Because at least then you'll be like, well, I feel good because I get to live in my authentic truth versus being people pleasing, you know, again, watered down version of yourself that pleases other people. Because again, most people that haven't done personal development kind of work, like what you're doing here on this podcast, or if you're working with me or somebody else, they just tend to have a negative mindset. And that's just the way our brain is built. You know, it we tend to fault them or be like, oh man, they're, they're such horrible people or they're bad, but the brain is just built that way. You know, it's something like we have 80,000 thoughts a day and 80% of them are negative. I might be kind of not quite on with those stats, but it's, it's, it's pretty negative until we go in there and we change it. And so again, people are going to have negative thoughts about you, regardless of if you're a woman or if you're a woman of color, everyone's going to have thoughts. And a quote that's really helped me recently to get over what other people are thinking about me is this thought of what other people think of me is none of my business. It's none of my business. And even if it becomes my business, like that's just their own thoughts. It really has nothing to do with me. Even if they try and make it about me of like, oh, well, you've caused me to feel this way, or you did this to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Again, I have a lot of grace and most times patience for them. Some days I don't, especially on days I'm tired, I can get really judgy, but most times I'm very patient with them of, oh, oh, they just don't understand that it's our thoughts that cause our feelings, not our circumstances that cause our feelings. And so they like to just swim in this victim pool of, oh, so-and-so did this to me. They just don't know better. And so I show them a lot of love and grace with that. Even if they're coming at me, what feels like full force with fire and pitchforks and all the things, according to my brain, it never literally happens that way. But to my brain, when somebody kind of says something negative about me or goes up against something, I say it to my brain, it's very scary. But again, I tell myself things like what other people think of me is out of my business. They just don't know better. I, and then I do the work I need to do to 
continue to seek my truth and be the person I need to be and in essence, sell whatever it is I want to sell. If that's a concept, an idea, something of monetary value, right? Okay. So hopefully you're following me, right? Something else I want to mention here before I get into like the steps of specifically how to sell yourself is something I just briefly touched on there, which is doing emotional work. Because when you are putting yourself out there, you are becoming more visible. You are speaking your truth. Yes, it does feel good, but it does also feel scary, especially the first few times you do it to the brain. All these sirens are going off of, you know, we're going to die. We're going to die in essence of even just, you know, social rejection because to our brain back in the day, social rejection that we were banished from the cave and we would die. Right. And so our brain still goes there. And so emotional regulation is so important as you start to put yourself out there more and more. And so doing the work of healing any kind of trauma that you've experienced. And if you listen to the show, you know, trauma isn't just big things like abuse and war. It can be little things of any time we have felt uncomfortable, anytime we haven't really shown our light and trauma can also be passed down to us in our genetics. And this has been shown with the research of epigenetics of how trauma is passed down in our DNA. And so it's really important that we do mental and emotional work. Okay. So this is the kind of work I do with my clients. You may do this elsewhere. That's fine. Just do it. Okay. So going in there, regulating your nervous system, and I'm going to add in there for most driven women, this is work they have to do. Everybody on the planet definitely has to do it if they have the option to, but definitely driven women, because as driven women, we tend to want to achieve at a high level. For many driven women, they look to external validation to make them feel better. And they have turned to achievement in essence as almost a drug of sorts in order to escape some sort of problem or problems they had in childhood. Okay. So for a lot of my clients, myself included, we didn't have the best childhoods. It's not that it was bad, but it wasn't, you know, great. Okay. So I grew up in a household where there was a lot of emotional trauma going on, a lot of emotional outbursts. I had a father who didn't really stand up to any of that stuff and being especially a sensitive soul, you know, to me, it was like, oh my gosh, I just have to figure out a way to get out of this house as best as possible. Because anytime there was any sort of emotion in the household, you know, it wasn't being handled. And then I took it in very, very deeply. And so I turned to achievement to be in essence, you know, my drug out of like, I'm just going to achieve at a really high level to get out of this place. Okay. And so I started to achieve and I started to do great things in life. Now, of course I had bumps along the road. If you know my story, you, you know, all of those bumps, but again, it was like, I still hadn't gone on and healed the trauma of things that happened in childhood. And then that I kept repeating afterward, because I just didn't really even think I needed that work. I was achieving at a pretty high level. And it wasn't until these past few years when I've really had to go out into the world and speak my truth with my business and in essence, sell myself and sell coaching did a lot of that shit start to pour up 
and was like, you've got to go and do some emotional regulation, Lindsay, because yeah, it's just, it's just, it can feel really scary to put yourself out there. And it can feel really scary to own your power, speak your truth, be a confident woman in this world. It just is. And so we've got to go in there and do that emotional regulation work. Okay. So the more you can do that, the better you're going to feel as you go out and sell yourself. But I will tell you, regardless of if you're doing that work or not, you're going to have ups and downs. You know, I show up for myself, gosh, two to three hours a week to get coached as a client. Okay. So that's a lot of coaching two to three hours a week that I'm getting coached as a client. And it's still pretty uncomfortable for me a lot of the times to put myself out there. Okay. Now, some of that is just my personality. The work I've been doing lately with my coaches is that I really don't like visibility. And in my perfect world, I would run into the woods and never be heard from again. But for some reason, I feel very called to help people in my lifetime. And so I put myself out there over and over again on things like this podcast with my clients when I'm coaching them. And then too, in essence, selling myself to the world with it posts on social media, when I'm on consult calls with clients, like what I just had this past month with my living the dream launch with my established clients, I'm constantly putting myself out there and in essence, selling to them either something of monetary value, like a coaching package or selling concepts and ideas for them to open their minds. Okay. And that opens me up to criticism. That opens me up to rejection. That opens me up to even just visibility, right? As I said, again, I am a naturally very quiet and shy person. I've always been that way. And granted, I could do mindset work to change it, but that just feels the most like me. But I continually do the work to put myself out there, okay? Because I know that the stuff that I'm selling, be it a concept or a monetary package, is so helpful to this world. And so my belief in that is what allows me to continually do the work to emotionally regulate and put my shit out there, okay? So just want to throw that out there. Emotional regulation is so, so, so important, right? So now let's talk about what are the actual steps of you selling yourself? Well, it's not that difficult at the end of the day, okay? It is, but it's not. The first step is become very clear on what it is that you want, okay? So for example, a client comes to me, Lindsay, I want a new job. We have to sit down and get very clear on what it is that they want. And they may not have all the pieces yet, I'm typically a person that I have some sort of idea of what it is that I want, but it isn't until I get into action, that's when I can start to clarify even more what it is that I want and what I don't want, okay? So at least I want them to have some general idea of, I want to make this amount of money. I want to be doing these sorts of activities or exercises, you know, whatever you want to call it in my job. I want to be around people who act and do things like this. Maybe I want this distance from my home. I want to work from home. Again, as many details as you can get in there possible, right? And so that's what they have as a first step. Get clear on what it is that they want. So for me, if we're looking at it with my business, I am very clear that I only sell two things in my business. That's nine months of one-on-one coaching that everybody has to go through 
And then once I make it through that nine month process, I really sit down and say, is this somebody who I think would be a good fit for my living the dream process? And I will tell you, not everybody after those first nine months makes it to that next step. I have to really sit down and say, is this somebody who I think could be a great fit for that program? As I said, and again, not everybody makes it. It's not saying that certain people are better than others. It's just, is that the right fit or not? And then if they are, then I throw it out there to them of, hey, okay, now we're done with nine months, but here's where I would love to go next with you. And here's why. And I sell that again. Okay. So I get very clear on what it is I want. And in that, it took me a while. It took me a couple of years in my business to try different things. I had low cost products. I had a little bit higher cost products where I had some one-on-one attention and not others. And as time went on, I was like, oh, I just want to work with people for nine months and I want to go all in with them. Like I want to give them the ultimate level of support through those nine months. And so I want to have 21-on-one calls and here's what I want the process to look like. And then I then had to, you know, move on to step two and all the other steps, but I, that's what I knew I wanted. And I knew what I wanted to was from trial and error first off, but then two, I have done a lot of work on knowing who I am authentically. So something that I talk about often on the show that I do with clients, is the puzzle of you. And so we put together their strengths and their values and their purpose and their admirations and all these different pieces. I think there's like 10 or 11 pieces in this puzzle. And from there, it's very clear on how does this person work best? What is it the things they want most? Okay. So for me, I have strengths like connectedness, individualization in there, activator, input learner. And then I have values like freedom and experience in there. And I could talk about so many other things, but I hone in on those because when I wasn't doing this nine month process and I was doing more self-study stuff, I wasn't really connecting with people. And that's a strength of mine. I love to connect with people. I didn't really get to learn about people. Again, I have learner. I love learning about people and individualization. I just can intuitively know who somebody is and I wasn't getting to use that. And then my activator strength is all about getting other people inspired into action. And that's like the core of coaching, (laughs) especially one-on-one coaching. And then my value of freedom is I want to have freedom. Yes, for sure. And so how can I build in a one-on-one practice while still maintaining my freedom in there and giving other people a great experience while giving a great experience to myself, right? And so again, I had to keep going back to that puzzle of me with my offer of what what feel feels good to me. What is the thing that I want to deliver most, right? And so again, it's so important that you think about yourself. Many times we think, what is it the other person wants or needs? And then we adjust ourselves to fit some sort of mold or of whatever they're wanting, which is fine. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Like if you're in a space where you just really need a job, you may mold yourself to be the person that they want to have in that role. Okay. Just be clear though, that you always have a choice on you fitting a mold or not. Okay. You don't, you're not a victim to your life. You're making an authentic choice to mold yourself. Okay. And then I still encourage you to do the work to really figure out who you are, because in essence, if you're going to show up and be somebody else at a job, Like, for example, the job I had before I had my business was I was a grant administrator for a college and that I already knew because I had been doing some of this puzzle of you kind of work at the time. I knew that did not fit my strengths at all. It's a very detail oriented job. I am more of a big thinker. 
yeah, I mean, it's like sitting around looking at numbers all day long in essence, which is not my strength at all, but I really loved the hours of that job. I loved the amount of money that I made for the little work that I did. I love the flexibility because in essence, I worked very little every day. And so I had a lot of time to build my business. And so I was very intentional and I was okay with fitting the mold of what they wanted for that role. But I knew who I was at my core too, that I could go to. Like some of the women in that role, they would show up every day. We wouldn't really have that much work to do. They didn't really like their job, but they didn't know who they were. And so when they they were bored, they would just sit around and watch movies all day or, you know, piddle around with different personal projects, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but they didn't really know where to go to next. And so again, it's so important that if you're going to mold into anything in your life, be it a job or something else, you still know the core of who you are. And so you can, you know, in essence, transition back into more alignment and more authenticity as you continue to grow, right? Total side tangent for you there. So coming back to step one, as you're starting to sell yourself is become clear on what it is that you want out of, in essence, the selling agreement, right? I want to give you one more example there is let's just imagine you are selling a person on a concept, right? So many times I am in essence selling my husband on certain behaviors I would like for him to adjust to. (laughs) Okay. So many times I'm coming at him and I like, I'm going to give you a very personal example on Sunday. So I'm recording this on Tuesday. So a couple days ago, he, I did the dishes for him. So typically he does the dishes, but I did them. I do not dry them to detail like he does, even though we have this really nice dishwasher in my mind, I'm thinking, why doesn't the dishwasher dry them automatically? But I regress. So anyways, I dry them as best as I could put them up. He comes into our bedroom at night and he's like, I really appreciate you doing the dishes, but you know, if you're not going to dry them all the way, then you need to do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Okay. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I said because it was a very long weekend. I probably didn't handle that correctly. But then the next day, which was yesterday, I was like, listen, once again, it's not what you're saying to me. It's how you are saying it. Please do not come to me after a long weekend and criticize me for something that I was doing out of the kindness of my heart. I'm not a very detail-oriented person. I understand that you want everything to be perfectly dry because you're worried about, you know, what his thing is, mold in the sippy cups. I'm like, we use a ton of sippy cups for our son every single day. There's not going to be all this standing water that's going to sit there and cause mold. And I see your point. I know you really want that. He's an Enneagram one, by the way. If you know what that means, you know where I'm going with this. (sighs) But I'm constantly selling him right now on talking to me in a different way when he has quote unquote criticism. Okay. So I'm constantly selling himself on that. So what is it that I want? Step one, I want a husband or anybody in my life really who offers me criticism in a very kind way and ask me before they give me the criticism, would you like some feedback? Like if he came to me, Hey, I saw you did the dishes. Would you like some feedback in that moment? I would have said, no, no, I don't want feedback right now. It's 10 o'clock at night. I've had a long week when I want to go to bed later down the week. He could freely ask me again, maybe in a different headspace. Hey, Lindsay, would you like feedback on your dishes. And I may or may not say yes. Right. But that's what I'm asking him. I'm continually selling to him 
in a personal relationship to please give me criticism in a different way. Okay. <laughs> and you can see it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to speak our truth in that way, right? Because I know it's going to cause even more tension between us by me sticking up for myself there versus saying, okay, you're right. Da, da, da. But the depth of my soul, my truth is no. Okay. I hear your message, but you did not deliver that the right way. Okay. We need to continually work on this because I am not going to put up with you talking to me that way. Okay. And for him on his end, he's like, well, I'm not going to continue to put up when you miss details. That's what always his argument is. And I'm like, okay, so I will continually to work on, you know, these details of like cleaning everything to what I consider perfection, (laughs) but you got to deliver it in a different way. All right. So step one, again, become clear on what it is that you want. Step two, what does the other person want? Okay, this is very important. And this is where you get out of in being in a slimy sales position. Okay, so you know what it is that you want. Think about what they want. Go into their shoes. Okay, so I'll give you an example of when I'm doing this on a consult call. So I sit down with somebody, you know, we in essence ask those first basic questions. How did you find me? Where do you live? You know, what was it that attracted you to me or me to you? And then we get into what we call the wheel of life. So we go through all these different areas of their life, like relationships, health, finances, career, et cetera, et cetera. And they're telling me all the things about their life and telling me what they want to gain in order to make that area of life a 10. And then I ask them very directly, what is it exactly you want to get from coaching in the next nine months to say it was one of the best investments of your life? And they clearly tell me what it is that they want. And I repeat it back to them. And I'll even maybe throw some things in there of like, well, here's what I hear, but you're not saying that. Is that true? Right. And so then from there, I sit with that and I say, can I deliver these results to this person? And I really get intentional. Can I make that happen for them? Okay. And if I believe that I can, and most times I believe that I can, and most times I believe I can even do more. And I share that vision with them. I'm like, listen, in the next nine months, you think we're just going to do blah, 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 blah. But I actually see that we're going to do da, 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 on top of that. Now, sometimes I do get people who, you know, have these huge dreams for nine months. And I'm like, oh, we got to scale it down. Like I had a consult the other week. She's currently making, I think, 30K from what I remember in her day job. It's a part-time job. And then she wants to start a business in the next year and have make it make 100K. And I told her, I was like, eh, I don't think we can do that in the next year. I really think that we could get to a place where we replace that 30K of income this next year. And so that's the vision that I see. And I you know, brought on other things that she wanted to work on beyond that. So again, it's like, I get very clear on what it is that they want. And then I check in with myself. Is this something I can deliver? Because that's part of selling yourself too, is you're building trust with other people. If you go around and you're selling a bunch of stuff that you can't deliver upon, you're going to maybe have a little bit of progress here and there, especially at the beginning, but then people are going to find out that, you know, you're not true to your word and you're going to burn some bridges along the way. You know, I'm seeing this happen in a personal relationship of mine. He's gone out there for a few years and it's lasted a few years, shockingly of selling things that in my mind, I did not think he was qualified to be selling. I thought he was way in over his head, but he's a very good wooer, a very good salesperson in essence, 
almost to that slimy salesperson place. And he hasn't delivered on some of those things. And so he's lost clients and he's losing a lot of finances. He's built this kind of million dollar life that now I'm not quite sure he can sustain because he wasn't being authentic, not only for you know the client, but to himself. And anyways, I digress. But again, it's like, you got to become clear on what it is that the client wants and how you can deliver that. So now if you're in a corporate position and you are, for example, having an annual review or you have just a meeting with your boss or whatever, if you have never asked your boss or the people in charge what it is they want out of the role that you're giving, you really need to ask that. And I would be asking it often and I would be asking for feedback often. And this where, again, is where emotional regulation comes into play because sometimes they're going to say things that hurt and that make you very, very uncomfortable, but it's much more important for you to ask those questions and to hear that feedback and then be able to adjust versus not hearing that. And then continually just kind of, you know, moseying along until you come to your annual review and you found out that, you know, they haven't been happy with your work. Okay. So when you're asking those direct questions, what it is that you want most from this person in this role or from me in this role, then you can ask yourself, is this what I want too? Can I deliver this? And you get to intentionally decide, you know, do I want to make this work even if I don't want this, or if I don't feel that's authentic to me, you can decide I'd rather keep my job right now. So I'm going to intentionally decide to give this to them, even though I really don't want to or it's not, you know, in my zone of genius or my puzzle of me or whatever you want to call it. Right. But you've got to get really clear again on what it is that they want. And then too, you know, what happens then is if you continually ask that question, say of your employer, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And you deliver on that, then you have all of this information to go and present to them and say, you have told me you wanted X, Y, Z, and I gave you X, Y, Z, but I also gave you ABC, or you can just say, I gave you X, Y, Z. And so I am ready for my race, (laughs) right? And I encourage you to, when you're having those direct conversations with your employer or anybody else, get very clear and say, okay, if I deliver X, Y, Z, will that mean that it will get me closer to my goal of, you know, working from home or having more vacation time or increasing my pay or getting me into positions so then I can move roles and be in this other role and be very clear with them about what you want as well, okay? And so it's this two-way street of having open, authentic conversations. Now I know not everybody in this world has the capability of having open, authentic conversations. They can be, in essence, what some people call unsafe people. I am very aware that you may be walking into a conversation at times with people who, in essence, aren't emotionally regulated. And that's where, again, you know, you've got to pick your poison in essence, Um, you've got to really decide is like, you know, I've had many bosses who definitely needed some psychological help. And, you know, for example, the boss I had before the job I have now, or my business now, that boss had a lot of issues and me having these kinds of conversations with her, she probably would not have been able to handle it. And so I didn't feel like I needed to have those conversations with her because to me, I just wanted to get the F out of that job as fast as I could. (laughs) And for many of my clients too, the more they emotionally regulate, the more that they see that they're not surrounded by people who can have open, authentic conversations without being overly triggered, then they want to switch roles completely. Okay. So again, 
many different topics we could talk about here, like finding a job place with emotionally regulated people that are open and authentic and safe, right? That could be a whole nother conversation. But if we're just looking at selling again, clear on what you want, clear on what the client or the other person wants, right? So if we go back to my husband example, I want somebody to speak to me in a certain way and ask before they give me feedback to make sure I'm in the headspace for that. And he wants me to pay attention to detail more. I, I, I know what he wants, but I'm also staying true to what it is that I want along in that process. Okay. Because at the end result, we just want to have a really nice, happy marriage where we're both feeling authentic to ourselves. Right. So we know what the end goal is, but we have to hold our boundaries along the way. All right. So then the third step to selling is bridging the gap. If there is one. Okay. Sometimes, for example, if I'm on a consult call, they tell me what it is that they want. I know what it is that I want in regards to, I want to put them through this coaching process. If they, I've had a client once, this was a couple months ago. I said, yeah, I want to do this nine month process with you. And she's like, well, I only want to do six. And I said, that's a no, I do nine. And that's what I do. And she was like, okay, that's fine. I just wanted to test and see if you could do six. And I was like, no, because I was still clear on what it is that I want, which is that process. Right. So then again, sometimes you have to bridge the gap between what it is you want and what the other person wants. All right. So, you know, I kind of give the, the example of that with me and my husband, we're bridging the gap of he still wants to present these details that I miss. I still want to be treated and talked to a certain way. Right. So we're bridging that gap along the way. And sometimes that gap isn't quite the gap that I wanted or the one that he wanted. And so we're still figuring that out with a client. If I'm on a consult with them, right. It's like, here's what it is that I want. I want to take you through the same month process to get you these results you know, they know what they want, which is the results. And so sometimes then it's like they're sold right away. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. Nine months. I'm ready. They even know the investment cost. Let's go. But sometimes they're like, eh, like a consult I had a couple of weeks ago. Eh. I don't know. I'm like, well, is the results worth that cost to you? Yeah, it is. I'm like, okay. So then what's your objection? Well, I just want to go make the money first is what she told me. And I said, great, you can go do that. But I'm telling you this next year, I want to help you replace your income, which is 30K. So we're going to replace the income. You're going to make your investment back that way. And you could go and make it right now, but but you only have the tools and the skills and the support that you have right now. Why not invest before that, right? And again, she could do whatever she wanted. I'm not trying to convince her of anything. I'm just presenting her with a different option in order to bridge the gap for her and for me so that we could get started on coaching because I know I could give her great results, right? And that's where the tricky part is sometimes because a lot of times you'll present what you want, they'll present whatever it is that they want and there's some sort of gap there. And a lot of times that comes out as objections. Well, the cost or, well, we'd like to have you work from home, but da-da-da. Or, you know, if I'm looking at my husband example, you just don't want any feedback. I'm like, no, that's not it. I want feedback, but I want it in a certain container and I want to be talked to a certain way, <laughs> right? And so I'm bridging that gap, bridging that gap, bridging that gap. And this is where it gets, like I said, uncomfortable because we think an objection comes up and we're like, oh no, I did it wrong. Oh no, something's gone off. Oh no, this is, you know, it takes the uncomfortable level to a whole new extreme, right? And you've, again, got to emotionally regulate enough to stay in that discomfort, okay, of, oh, we'd really love to offer you the raise, but we just can't this year. 
and staying in that discomfort of, ooh, probably feeling rejection or anger, frustration, even maybe sadness and staying in that for just a minute and then saying, why? Why can't you give me that raise this year? Well, because, you know, we're cutting costs because of COVID. Yeah, but I delivered everything you told me that you wanted me to deliver and you've cut costs in these other ways. And so I don't understand how I'm getting shortchanged because of X, Y, Z, right? And again, it's like, that's where the work is, is being able to stay in the moment, stay in your body, feel the feelings of the discomfort and still asking the hard questions and still, in essence, I want to say pushing, but I hate the word pushing of like just stretching the boundary of what you're being told and really speaking your truth. Right. So I'll give you an example of this too, is recently I was talking to a client about something and I pushed on her a little bit and I said, Hey, I really wish that you would have done or told me X, Y, Z in this way. And she came back to me and she's like, well, actually I wish you would have done da, 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 da. Right. And there was a part of me that was like, yeah, she's right. And so I said, yeah, you're right. And da, da, da. But she, I felt like was talking me completely out of my truth. And I came back and I said, yeah, you're right on this, but you're to me, you're not right on this, but that's just my thoughts and my, you know, thing, but it was much more comfortable for me to just give in to her and say, no, okay, you're right. I'm not going to do da da da. But instead I still continue to push that boundary a little bit more. And this is in essence what I'm doing in coaching when I'm coaching clients all of the time. They're coming to me and saying, Lindsay, I want this result. We're coaching on something. And many times the, what we call the ego part of their brain or intermingle will come and say, no, it's not this or no, it's not that. And there are sometimes I have to say, I want you to look at that differently. I want you to see this in a different way. Or sometimes I'm just flat out saying, no, that's not what it is. It's this. And I need you to sit with that for a second. Like, for example, if they're blaming their boss over and over and over and over again for their lack of success. And then I have to sometimes say, I need you to look at what you're doing in the situation to cause you to not have the result you want. I'll give you another specific example here with a client recently. She invested with another coach for a business thing, and she did not get the results she wanted from it. And she was, I wouldn't, I'm not saying venting in a bad way, but she was just kind of telling me about it. And she's like, I really wanted this result from this program. And I went back at her and I said, well, when I think about the name of the program and what she said she was going to deliver, I think of that it's for people who are XYZ and you wanted people that were ABC. So I just really want you to get clear is, did she promise ABC or did you just misinterpret her XYZ comment to mean ABC? And it's comments like that, right? Like that's a little uncomfortable. That's making people kind of, you know, calling them out in essence, in some ways, that's the work. My friend is filling that gap, really understanding how to be in the moment with the objections and to talk through them. All right. So I hope you have some nuggets from this today. This is the kind of work that is so great to have when you have an ongoing coach that you can lean on to talk you through these kind of moments. 
and in essence to regulate your nervous system so that you can have these kinds of conversations time and time again. Because as I said, we are constantly selling ourselves in the world, even if it's not in our careers, it's with other people and getting them to, in essence, do what we want them to do, but not in a manipulative, inauthentic way, but in a way that we still get what they want, we want, they still get what they want, and then we can come together and all live deeply fulfilling lives. So thanks for tuning in. I'm so glad you were here. I'm so glad you were learning about this today. Now go out there and go sell something, my friend. And if you ever need any kind of support, feel free to reach out to me for a free consult. Just go to lindsayepreston.com forward slash apply to apply for that consult. And let's start talking about how I can help you change your life. Until next time, my friend. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.